Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin, AKA Mental MacGyver. I provide luxury level high performance support and coaching to executives, founders, celebrities, and athletes. With me today, I have Shell Shapiro. She's a marketing strategist for wellness coaches and consultants and recognized as one of the top 15 LinkedIn experts in New York City. She is also the author of the book, Loving Yourself Isn't Selfish. I have Brendan Mahoney. He's the co-founder of LaunchPoint Labs, a national venture firm where he is the expert in creating sales departments. He is known as Dr. Startup. And I have Philip Tate. He's a communications consultant doing branding, strategic communications, and marketing based in Charlotte, North Carolina. The question I have for you, how do you notice when you subvert your needs to avoid conflict and what do you do about it? Brandon, give us your thoughts. So this is going to be a fun conversation for me because I, I use it as a tactic to end the conflict. I have no issue saying, you know what, this isn't as important as, as the other person probably thinks it is. And I do in a way kind of like the idea of, of feeling like the better person <laughs> walking away saying, okay, I made a sacrifice in order to make sure that this person was still happy, still okay. And now I can move on with my life, move on with my day and get whatever it is done that I was previously working on. Whether okay. that's the best tactic, I don't know. I love what you said there about ending the conversation, Brandon. I've noticed that for myself, if I'm in a conflict with somebody or it's we'll be heading in that direction, if I'm butting heads, we don't see eye to eye. A lot of times I notice it's because the other person isn't as open to hearing other points of view. And so I just internally take myself out of the conversation at that point, because I'd rather just not engage if they're just never going to, to see it from my side too. Um, and so sometimes that looks like me getting super, super quiet and I'm still listening to what they're saying, but I'm not as responsive as I previously mm -hmm. would have been. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means literally taking myself out of the room because I just can't even put myself in that situation anymore. And either way, I'm withdrawing. And I noticed that I, I do that in those specific times where it could turn into something that it doesn't need to be. And so I'd rather take myself out of the equation right out the gate if I know that it's not for me and leave it at a place where we both still feel okay about it. I'm in communications. And first of all, let me say how impressed I am that the two of you are so self-aware because I think a lot of this comes from a lack of self-awareness. A lot of people don't realize that it's not about them or self-awareness is difficult. So I find it's, it's sometimes you have to reflect on your thoughts, your emotions, understand when this thing's happening, why it's happening. You have to be brutally honest with yourself about, about the underlying reasons why you may, may be trying to avoid the conflict, or maybe it's just something that hasn't happened the way you thought it would. Uh, then what do you do about it next? Walking away is always a strategy. Sometimes you have to take it head on and that's difficult. I feel like it's okay for like a one-off situation. Just say, you know what, in, in this case, what I need or what I want is not that important. I'm not going to argue about it. Never mind. But there are other cases. And if it becomes a recurring mm -hmm. habit, it's something you can become bitter about where it's just like, look, I have needs here. So I think the challenge is noticing when is it? Okay. You know what? Never mind. It's not that big a deal. And when is it? I'm not willing to fight with you, but my needs are also are not being met. Well, I think you, you have to strike a balance between being considerate of others, but then you also have to meet your own needs, whether it's trying to get something out of that meeting or that conversation or whatever. Obviously, the thing you're always striving for, at least I'm always trying, striving for, is open communication and, and trying to, you know, I think that's rooted in mutual respect and, and you know, admiring the person that you're dealing with. If you can come at it from that point of view, 
and trying to look at it from the other person's perspective, I think that you have a better chance of navigating whatever conflict you might be facing. So I think Philip said it perfectly. It's, it's self-awareness. How are you able to judge how much you can handle before you start to become bitter? And do you recognize when you're starting to, when that's starting to happen? I think too, like if we're talking about subversion and being like pulling ourselves back in those types of situations, for me, there's a very fine line uh, as a recovering people pleaser of like, I will become bitter if I keep going in this conversation because you're not going to hear me no matter how much I try. I don't want to lean into those people-pleasing tendencies of, I'm going to do this just so that you like me, love me, give me that validation that I need, but I know that this isn't for me. And having that, that self-awareness, as you said, Philip, to recognize what doesn't serve me, maybe it's just time to end the, the relationship or just put some distance between us so that I don't fall victim to those, those people-pleasing tendencies that I once had. And on a... So, subversive level that it, that's really powerful for me that knowing and and being being able to recognize it what i hear you say is it, it it helps if you again this is part of the self-awareness piece i think but it's identifying where are those things that trigger you we all have things that set us off interrupting getting interrupted someone's not listening losing eye contact whatever it might be i think another piece of it that you hear about a lot in, in in counseling is setting boundaries. What are the expectations? Be it a meeting, a conversation, whatever that encounter might be. So there's some some things that you you can do. But one other thing that I think about a lot that I fight is accept the imperfect. It's not any conversation or any encounter is not go exactly the way you thought it would. And the same thing's happening to the other person as well. You have to set boundaries with yourself. How willing am I to let someone just go? And when does it become they're walking on me? And how do I figure that out before I'm angry about it? Well, then it becomes at some point, it becomes a self-care situation too. If you, mm -hmm. if you let that happen enough, then suddenly you're never getting what you want. And you're wondering, why am I so frustrated all the time? Well, it may be that you didn't stand up or, or you remember half a day later, gosh, this is what I should have said in that moment. And I think you end up in a situation where if someone is used to you just letting stuff slide and letting your needs go, when you do decide, look, I, this needs to change, then suddenly they're angry. Mm -hmm. And so how do you handle that? I think at that point, you've, you've learned to respect yourself enough where if they're angry, that's on them. If you've gone through that so many times where you're willing to say, you know what, I'm going to forget my needs just to make sure that you're happy. And then later you say to yourself, why did I do that? just to end the conversation, end the conflict. And now I feel worse. You go through that so many times, eventually it's, I'd rather be the one who is okay and let them deal with it. The boundary is for us. It's not for the other person to show ourselves love and respect. And so the more that we can lean into that and let the other person have, have on their end, what they need to deal with on their own and just creating the, that I hate to use the word distance again, but like creating that separation between where you end and the other person begins. Mm -hmm. So the boundary is, is mostly for us. It's not to change the other person. And sometimes I think it helps if you, if you have someone that you trust and who is supportive of you and knows what you're like, more dealings with you, whatever. That's sometimes a good time. It's like, am I the crazy one here? Am I the one who didn't get this? Did I handle this improperly? Should I have done something different? So again, all that's, I think it all comes back around to self-awareness at some point. The more self-aware you can be about yourself, 
and how you're perceived by others, I think that helps you improve that communication. I know I have to deal with some cognitive dissonance too, because here's an example. My neighbor has a teenager and sometimes when things go sideways at their house, she'll end up on my front doorstep in tears. And I want to be the person who's able to say, let me talk to you about this. Let's figure it out. But I also have a job. I also have clients. I also have phone calls. So her randomly showing up on my doorstep in tears, sometimes I can't be that person. I have other commitments. And I, I don't in either case want to say, I can't serve you right now, but I have to deal with it. And I have to make a choice is the neighbor's teenager or my client who I owe my time right now. And my, my immediate thought is it, it probably would never work is just to say, hey, you know what, we should get together on Saturday and maybe talk about all the things you're going through and try to slowly, I don't want to say train, but train them to come to you on certain times mm-hmm. as opposed to mm-hmm. interrupting the day. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest challenge is poor Russ has to answer the door if I'm on a call and he is not equipped to handle crying teenage girls. I think in those terms, if somebody just throws us off, we weren't prepared, we weren't expecting Mm -hmm. that conversation to happen. Um, And in those moments, I think it is okay to say, hey, I'd love to support you with this, but I just don't have the capacity, the bandwidth to to help you with it right now. But if you came back in an hour, I could maybe spend some time with you. Would you Mm -hmm. be open to to, to doing this at another time? Um, and, And then leave it on them to say, I really need some support now. Or no, that'll work. Like, thank you. But you can say, yes, I would love to be there for you at this later time. What I told her yesterday was, you're welcome to sit on my front step until things cool off at home, but I have work I have to do. And I felt bad for leaving her sitting on my front step in tears, but I had commitments. And so that was the cognitive distance. That was on me. I had to own that I could not subvert my needs to do what I had already planned. So thank you so much for having this conversation with me. And I look forward to speaking to each of you again very soon.